see everyone. Okay, I'm going to ask this group, was it an okay week? You're back in the swing of things, right? It's not good. I get a lot of, no, it's not good. Hey, Sam, good job. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Um, if that's any indication of how the year's going to go, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be good. Um, I know it's been a hard week for some, kind of getting back into the swing of things. Families, you know, parents finally get the freedom that they so desperately want throughout their day. Um, and I know for Shelly on Monday, it was just a good day, wasn't it? Monday, was a, it was great, wasn't it? You know, if school could be like it was for teachers on Monday with no kids present, it would be so much better and easier. It would be great. But, I, hey, I feel you. I feel, I feel your pain. So my hope is that this, this will kind of just be a good reminder that sometimes it's good to get back into the routine, but it, even though it's a little difficult. Uh, my hope is that the conversation that comes today will help us to get kind of into a new routine, um, one that will help us become, I, w- I would say, become uh, people who look more like Jesus Christ. Um, I'm excited about what's coming, and I'm excited about what God has to speak to us about today. Let's, uh, let's begin in prayer. Our Lord Father, thank you. We are grateful for life, for being able to wake up this morning. We are grateful for friends and for family. Lord, for our relationships, no matter how difficult they may seem, because we know relationships are an opportunity to work out our salvation. Relationships, however fragile they may seem, are an opportunity for us to show love to people, even if they don't show love back. Lord, thank you for the people in our lives, no matter how beautiful or no matter how difficult, because we know that we are at moments beautiful ourselves. And in several moments, we are difficult. So thank you for the people in the pews in this room, for the people we get to spend time with, for the people we get to share life with and and worship alongside. Thank you. Thank you for the younger ones, for the older ones, for all of us in between. Lord, we ask this morning that you would excite us and encourage us and let us Let us catch a glimpse of the future you have for this place. Because we know you have called us. We know that there is a purpose. We know that that there is more. Help us to catch a glimpse of that. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So over the past few months, we have been thinking and praying and discussing what is next for Johnson Street Church of Christ. Now, 2017, probably 16 as well, uh, through 2018, were, were years of transition. And in some ways, we're still in a little bit of that transition. We've said, some, we've said goodbye to some amazing people. We've said goodbye to some amazing staff. And we've begun our search for additional staff members. And we're always looking for new members. At least that's my hope. Of course, we welcomed Phil last week, and welcome to the family, Phil. And I tell you, this is good. Um, We're still looking for a youth minister, a worship minister, a children's minister. We're able to kind of do this search. These searches are underway, and there's some momentum in some areas. But we all know that God is not fond of rushing. He likes to take his time, and I'm fine with that. There's a poem called Trust in the Long, Slow Work of God. I wish I could quote it, but I think the title says it enough. Because God 
is deliberate and he's slow. And things may not be as fast as we would like, but we continue to simply trust and wait for his timing and his direction. And in addition to our staff, we're looking at where God is leading us as a church family. And this is not a conversation that we take lightly. I wish you could see and hear your leadership think through these things and pray over you and pray through these, these questions. It's, oh, it's inspiring to me. But this is where we are because we want to know how best we can serve our God. We want to know how best we can serve one another here. Because really, that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing is serving one another. I know sometimes we come and we want to be served. But our mission really is to serve. Because Jesus himself, he didn't come to be served. But he came to serve. In fact, he even gave his life as a ransom for many, for all. We want to know how to serve God, how to best serve one another, and we want to know how to best serve our community. And even though it's a conversation that we're having right now, it is not a new conversation for this church family. In fact, this is the faith conversation that's been going on here in this church family for decades. You know, the faith that I continue to see in this church, it really is inspiring to me. You know, we've been in congregation for over 100 years, almost 120 now. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? You know, some, some, some churches are really old, and it, churches are kind of like people. That's kind of how I see them. Some churches are good at the social side. Some churches are good at, they're kind of, you know, brainiacs. They like to study and get really deep in. Some people are good socially. Some people are not. You know, but when you think of age of a church, I look at some churches as they're old and they're solid like an oak. And I see some churches that are old, and you know, they're, it's, they're, it's, they're old. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nothing wrong with age. But the older you get in some ways, some things don't, they don't work as well. And, and, and what I see in this church is a little different. I see a church here that is old and, and rooted and solid. And in over a hundred years, God has seen fit to not let us experience a split. I mean, sure, there's been disgruntled people. <laughs> right? Probably some in this room right now. There have been people who've probably left for one reason or another. But this church has stayed true to itself. It stayed true to the calling that God has, has shown us. And when I first arrived, I was given a book to read. It was written by Jack Bates. Remember? Yeah. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Hey, it's great. And if you want a copy, I would love if we could make more because I don't know how many of us really know the history of this congregation. But whenever I first started, you know, um, researching this place, I kind of got excited about some of the people that I saw in your history, in your lineage. You know, since the early 1900s, we have seen godly people serve in this pulpit until now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know. <laughs> We have seen some, I mean, this, talk about shoes. I mean, Tommy alone was big, big shoes to fill. But the people that came before, oh my goodness. People like T.B. Laramore. You know, Laramore was a guy I read about in college. And I, and I thought to myself, wow, I'd love to be like that guy. And when I heard he used to be here, I thought, oh my goodness, he's one of the ones who started this place. That's inspiring to me. 
Jesse Sewell. You see his name on every building at ACU, I think, right now. He was one of the first, if not the first, preacher here. You know, and, and he sold insurance on the side. And one of the things that he did, and this, this is from the book, so I may get some of this wrong. But he sold insurance on the side as he was a preacher. And he would be in his horse and buggy in the early 1900s, traveling around from town to town selling insurance. But the church was growing and they needed a building. And so you know what he did? The very end of his very first year, he went to the elders. He gave them a check. It was his entire year's salary. And he said, now we can build. $1,200 for a building. I wish I had that, um, you know, faith. Not too many people can say that and do that. But that's the history of this place. People like Harrison Matthews. People like Stanley Lockhart. He was so good he was here twice. (laughs) You know, people like Bill Young and and Tommy King. There's been 30-plus ministers to serve here. I mean, these men saw the need for growth. They saw the need for sacrifice. In fact, in the early um, 1900s, they had no idea what was coming. They just wanted to find a place to meet together because they loved one another and they knew that the word of God needed to be preached in the city. So they did it. They got together and they did it. Whenever, Whenever Sewell said, here's my check, and they built, it's like we've been building ever since. Now, I'm not talking about brick and mortar necessarily. I'm talking about building families, building relationships, building ministries, and building this city. I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with a lot of this, but there have been some bold and courageous leaders, both members, staff, and elders, that have, that have been through this congregation. Bold in membership, bold in leadership. We've had godly ministers who've served alongside of you. We've had people that have loved you. We've been blessed far beyond our comprehension with, with elders, generations of elders who have shown us what it means to live into the will and the vision that God has for this place because God has a vision and a will for this place. He has a purpose for you, no matter how old or young we are. We all fit here, and we all have a a purpose in this congregation to reach a world. In fact, he has compiled. It's almost like I see, I kind of see God as this, this creator, you know. Well, of course, he's very creative, and he likes to put personalities and, 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 and different gifts and talents and skill sets together to see what happens. Kind of like he's doing chemistry, you know, with people, figuring out how can I make something amazing today. And I think that's why you're here, all of you. You're here because your gifts and your personalities and your skill sets are just what this place needs to see the kingdom of God. It's you. Every one of you. And I cannot stress strong enough that what we do here, what we do together, matters. And I cannot stress boldly enough how this role that you play in the plans of God are. And I know we all have our issues. I know some of us have come here today, and I, and I know that you can't even believe you're here because of the week you've had. Some of us have chosen poorly. Some of us think we're too good for this place. Some of us think this is a place that, eh, 
You take it or leave it. I'll come today. I'm going to tell you, you are needed here, and what happens here matters. And your presence is not a coincidence today. And I know you have your issues and your struggles, and I know none of us are righteous, not one of us. We have our struggles with sin. We have our addictions. We have our hang-ups. But God paid a great, great price when he chose to forgive us. And, oh, what faith he has that you can fulfill the mission of God. And in some very real ways, you get to help God save the world. I mean, he's already paid the price, but he's given us that commission. You remember what it is. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, not just some, not just the ones that are here legally, all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very ends of the age. He is here with us right now. This is the commission He has given us. He has given us this this purpose. And, and, And He didn't just say do it. The price has been paid. He is with us. He is with us every step of the way. And our job is just to tell the world. We don't have to save anybody. We get to tell the story. Let the Spirit do the rest. I mean, this is good news here. This is freedom, and it's the call for every follower of Jesus Christ. It's our calling, and Jesus has been given all the authority and and power in heaven and on earth. So, So that means that in His name, there is nothing we cannot do. I'm going to say that again because I only got one amen. Because Jesus has been given every, every, all the power in heaven and on earth. That in his name there is nothing we cannot do. How could you not amen to that? I need to be reminded of this myself. So I get the excitement of reminding you. Because what I've seen in this church is that this church has been bold. It has been grace-filled in its approach to people and to the scriptures. Each generation, not perfect. But each generation had people who wanted to help it become more like Jesus Christ. They wanted to please and they wanted to honor God. Each generation wanted to love one another. I think that's why we're here because you know what? We, if we know we're not perfect, it makes loving one another a little easier. Because we're in that imperfect circle that we're describing. So I know I can love you a lot more because I know you love me. And I know myself. The word keeps coming to mind as I've been kind of going through this this week is extravagant. God has been extravagant with his grace and his mercy upon you. And I see that you are equally extravagant in return. Just give me a couple examples. Take this building, for example. This is beautiful. I mean, architecturally, it's quite impressive. You see the attention to detail? I don't know what's in those little urns up there, but I'm going to find out one day. <laughs> Are these, is it ashes? I don't know. Mitch, you know, don't you? You don't know either. Wow. There is attention to detail here that is quite impressive. It's impressive. And it's more so than that, it is a testament to a group of people who thought bigger than functional space. You know, there was thought, there was intent, there was future-mindedness in all the hallways and all the nooks and crannies here in the corners. They weren't building a building to hide or to stay out of sight or to kind of be by themselves. No, 
They wanted to be in the limelight. You know why? They chose one of the highest places in St. Angelo. They wanted to tell the kingdom of this world, we're here. And we're not going anywhere. In fact, we're going to stand firm as a place of truth, a place of scripture, a place of love, a place of mercy. And I tell you, that's extravagance. It's boldness. And I saw extravagance when you decided to support our aging members through Christian Village and through Village East. Ministries that are going strong. Even though we released Christian Village, man, it's still going. It's a blessing to people and it will be for, for years. You know, pr- to provide a safe place for people to live, not only to live and rest, but to love and to have family and friends, a place you can enjoy. This is foresight. This is what it means to follow the call and vision of God. I saw bold extravagance in the fact that you decided to build a family center over here. And I know some people may not have thought it was necessary. But to have this site to where you said, we want to build a place that's focused on youth and family, a place where we can open the doors to our community so they can have a safe place to gather. I mean, that's just generous and extravagant. But you put your hearts into that and you did it. When you chose to build a campus center in 1965, whenever the campus ministry idea was in its infancy, you guys said, we can do that. And you did it. And it served so well for so long, and now you're doubling down on it. Because you know there's a whole bunch of future generations that are going to need to know Christ too. Wow, it's bold. You know, God's given us the vision to be His people here in what used to be the corner of San Angelo. Was there much out here when we first moved here? But since God has moved us here, since God led us here and we followed, what has He done for us? He has been extravagant right back to us. Because not only has He blessed you, but He has blessed this city through you and through your passions, through your, your ministries. I mean, we look, look at Rust Street, look at, at, at our mission efforts across the world and in the city, and there's still so much we can do. You know, there used to be very little out here, and this is what excites me. But when this congregation chose to follow the call of God and take that bold step and move out here, God brought life to this small area of San Angelo. And life has been growing around us ever since. I'm not going to say it's all because of us, but I will say that when you choose to follow God, life follows. You know, God so loved the world. He loved us so much that He gave everything even his own son, so that we could have eternal life. And who's to say eternal life has to start whenever we die? I think eternal life has already started for those who believe. And we get to catch glimpses of heaven and show that to the world. And I think that's what this place has been doing for years and years and years. You know, God has given us life, and I, and I see life here in us. It's overflowing to, to where I see a church who, who at its best, they're bold and extravagant life givers as well. And at worst, they're people who need redemption, forgiveness, salvation, people who are shown mercy and grace. Now, do we get it all right all the time? No, we don't. But God has been with us, and He's been with prior generations. 
He's going to be with us too. And my prayer is that He's going to be with generations that are going to follow. Because each generation had choices to make. And they were not always easy choices. But they chose. And we have choices to make too. So how will we we choose to respond and to move into this next year that is filled with possibility? So we've been talking through conversations um, with you for the last few weeks in our classes. And if you haven't been to any of our classes... Um, I'm sorry, because this is good conversation. I know we have some that are, that are working in our children's ministry, and we're trying to get to them as well. But, but we've been talking about vision for the last few weeks, and we believe we are poised to do some amazing things, meaningful ministry in 2019. And what I find so interesting is that the responses that we received in all of our classes in, uh, were very similar to the responses that our elders and our staff and our, and our elders and their spouses all responded with. I mean, we're all really tracking together in a lot of different ways. And what we've decided or what we've learned is that there are some key areas that we really need to be focusing in on this next year. And next week, we're going to begin a... Um, I will say it's going to be a little different look at how we can achieve and, and experience and live into the vision God is calling us to live into. Um, we've had a lot of questions about this, so I'm going to kind of take the next five minutes and kind of go over some of it with you. Um, we're calling this the REACH Vision Conference. Now, I don't know if many of you have ever been to a conference before, but usually that's a four-day conference, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Wednesday. And you get to choose the classes you want to go to. You have keynotes. You have different things. But it's about one main idea. And what we want to do is we want to do uh, the same over four weeks. So what, what, what we're going to do is it is a conference approach to our Sunday time together. Um, each Sunday we will be promoting areas that we believe will need attention. Ministry areas that we believe need attention over the next uh, year. So over four weeks we're going to offer eight unique classes. Some will be, will be repeated, but it's going to be eight classes. They're going to be taught by members, taught by staff, taught by elders. And granted, you won't be able to go to all of them, maybe just four. You know, if you and your spouse want to kind of venture out and kind of do some different ones, y'all may be having some great conversation after it's over. Uh, we'll, we're going to have all of them podcast whenever it's over. So the ones you missed, you'll be able to go back and listen to. You know, you'll get to choose which class most interests you. And, and we're all gifted in different ways. And it's because of those differences that we're able to reach such a wide array of people in this town. So you get to choose your classes. And uh, we'll be using four classrooms. The auditorium right in here. And the fellowship hall, which is right through these doors on the right. We'll be going upstairs using 214 and 215 as well. Each Sunday is a different set of classes. Okay, these are practical ideas. You're going to be leaving each class with something in your hand that will be practical and something you can actually practice throughout the week because God is calling us to live into this. And I think if we are all on the same page with practical ways to achieve and to live into it, I think we'll start seeing some amazing things happen. Now, I know a lot of times people don't typically come to class, but I'm going to encourage you over the next four weeks to sacrifice that hour before church. Just sacrifice it and come. Because I think that what we're talking about, it, it matters. It's important. And I think that a lot of this is going to resonate with you. Maybe it's an area that God has been calling you to live into and you just maybe have been resisting it. We're going to help you with that. 
Now, I, I know some people don't like to change classes. You kind of have your pew. You have the where, where, where you sit. I get that. So if you're in the auditorium and you don't want to go anywhere, we're going to have four different classes for you. If you're in 214 or 215 you want to stay in the same class, that's okay too. So what, what I wanted to do is I want to give you a little preview. Now, you've all received this. Um, and I'm going to give you a preview of what's in it real quick. So we're going to have a few classes. One of them, Brian Elliott, is going to be teaching two separate classes. He's going to be talking about creating a culture of generosity. You know, God is creative. He has been creative in his giving. He is a giver. You know, what the, the scripture I just quoted, for God so loved the world, he gave. We see God giving, and he's so creative in how he does that. How can we create a, a culture of generosity? And also, heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is our mission. It has been for years, and we're going to be speaking into this and laying some of this out for those of you who may not be familiar with this mission. Um, We're going to have Phil. He's going to be speaking about small groups uh, beyond the Bible study, you know, doing life together. What does it look like to to be in a small group together? And, and serve and live? Uh, what does it look to, like to, to serve creatively, building the kingdom one blank at a time? What does that look like? So he's going to be talking about that. We're going to have a guest worship leader next Sunday. Uh, this guy's been in the acapella group and in the Zoe group, and, and uh, he's got a powerful voice. He's got a lot of energy, and he has agreed to teach a class for us about living life as worship. You know, what does that look like? You know, in Romans 12, what does it say? It says, um, you know, talking about how sacrificing yourself, about presenting your body as a living sacrifice is your spiritual act of worship. What does that look like to live a life of worship? He's going to be with us next Sunday. I'm excited. Don't miss that. You need to come next Sunday. Also, Ed Houston, our own Ed Houston is going to be talking about... uh, People who can serve, how much gifts and experiences we have with people of all ages. And the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter how old we get, we're not done yet. God still has some things for us to accomplish. He's going to be talking to us. I'm excited about that. Um, Also, Trey Trey, uh, Smith and Michael O'Brien are going to be talking about this idea of practicing theological reflection. I know that sounds like a big $10 phrase, but what it is is, you know, the world gives us worldviews. Everybody is telling us that life and God and uh, things are the way they are, and we need to be able to distinguish what is real, what isn't, what is the things of God, and what aren't. And if we can help our children ask the right questions and be able to see through that then we can equip them to be people who stand firm on the scripture in the middle of a very chaotic and turbulent and loud world they're going to be talking about that we're going to have doug he's going to be talking about what it means to reach future generations because we have generations coming each and every year through our doors through our city we are right next to a college i mean the the potential to reach people is immense. The harvest is ripe. He's going to be talking about that. Uh, Mitch is going to be talking about what it means to plan for the end. You know how stressful it is to plan something so big in the midst of your grief. I know many of you have been there. And in the middle of it, you're just kind of swept up with all of these and thoughts and ideas and you want so much to do what's right but these places out here they're they want to help but they're also businesses and i've seen so many people get taken advantage of mitch has been through this and he's going to help you if you're a, the one who's preparing for your own end or if you're a caregiver 
That's a ministry right there. And he's going to be talking with some of our other elders and members through that as well. And Brian's going to be talking uh, in this fellowship hall. He's going to be showing us an interactive Rust Street experience. He's going to be uh, you know, showing us what it means to serve, what it means to volunteer, how every one of us could do something at Rust Street. And it's going to be a, a full setup in there. And you don't want to miss that as well. Our teens are going to be in the cafe And you're going to be hearing from from Paxton and Doug and you're going to be hearing from the Bakers and you're going to talk about, you know, what does it mean to live into your mission? What does it mean to to uh, take care and control of your finances? You know, how to how to use the things that God has given you for for his kingdom. It's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of a lot of good content. And this right here is going to kind of guide you through it. So what I'm asking you to do is take this home with you. If you have a friend who may need some of this, if you know that somebody in your group may be needing to plan for the end, if you know that a friend needs to to hear about a life of worship, or if they need to hear about the fact that, that there's a heart, soul, mind, and strength call for you, invite them. I would love it if we all had friends that we were inviting. My hope is that there's something in this conference, in this for everyone. I mean, in our church services, it's going to be just like it is. I mean, we're going to have some great worship. You're going to hear some scripture. You're going to hear God hopefully speaking. And we're going to be inspired to what it means to live into the life he has called us to live into. So I'm asking that you sacrifice and you, you give us your full attention for the next four weeks because I believe that this is our time to respond to the call of God because He's calling us out to live into our mission, to reach people in 2019 in the name of Jesus. That's what it's about, about reaching others in the name of Jesus Christ. And so please come so that together we can learn how to reach up and to help better our relationship with God, that we can learn how to reach in and help better and, and grow our relationships with one another. And then we can reach out to our community to be the people who can help show grace, mercy, forgiveness, and hope to a world that so desperately needs it. Because these are all things God has equipped us to give. Those who have journeyed before us we're not perfect. They were a lot like us, trying their best to make their way. And they had one another to help them. But God blessed them because of their bold faith. And they were willing to take some risks along the way. And what I keep asking is what will generations to follow say about us? In our time, right here, the things we choose to do right here and right now, How are we going to respond to the call of God? However we choose, let's choose to do it together. This is the way forward. And I, for one, am blessed to be here. God is good, and he has more for us to do. Let's stand together. Let me pray, and we're going to sing. God, I pray that you would help us. Hear our hearts and worship, and Lord, and as we sing, Lord, I, help, I, I pray that you would help us to, to just lift up this time together. Lord, as we sing, Lord, help us to remember that this is not about us. This is about you and what you want 
So help us to live into that. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'll be here if you need me.